It's a miracle. You can see. I can see. <laughs> so, listeners, you can gather that it went well. I cannot believe quite how bad my eyesight was until I woke up on Sunday morning. So I had the operation on Saturday morning. And you know, because you took me, how Hospital cars. incredibly nervous I was about this. I don't like stuff with fiddling with my eyes. I've never wanted laser eye surgery to correct my surgery. Eyesight. Um, my eyesight, sorry. Um, I, I just never have. So the thought of having an operation on my eye really, really freaked me out. So we, you dropped me off at 8.30. We'd arranged that you'd come and pick me up at 11.30. And by, I think it was half past 10, 20 to 11, I was calling you saying, I'm ready to go now. I come home, take it me home. was incredible. The, the operation itself, I mean, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. And, all, and the surgeon who was brilliant and actually sort of taught me through exactly what, what was going on. Um, he said, all you have to do is lie there don't need to worry about blinking or anything like that because you can't because you've got the clamp on your eye. You just need to follow the light. Wherever the light is, it's be like poltergeist. poltergeist. Follow the light. Follow the light. Or stay away from the light. Yeah. I think that was. But it's, you know that they're doing something, but you can't feel anything or see anything apart from the light. Uh, and then he was saying, right, that's the cataract gone. We're going to put the lens in. And then they put this this clear shield over you and tape it. So everything, you can't see anything because you've got this shield on with tape all over. So came home, rested on Saturday, and was actually shattered on Saturday night, went to bed at like nine o'clock. Well, it's emotional, isn't it? Yes. There's emotional build up to it. But you know, there was no pain or anything. And, and anyway, Sunday morning, I got out of bed, took the shield off, and you just have to bathe your eye a little bit because it's a little bit gunky and everything. It was incredible. I was stood by the kitchen window and it, it was all, well, it was a bit blinding because your eyes are a bit sensitive. Mm. So when I went outside, I had to put sunglasses on. But it was the fact, you know, we've got loads of daffodils in the garden. Well, I know we've got loads of daffodils in the garden. I could see we've got loads of daffodils, but I could, they were just like an homogenous group of a blur yellow. of yellow. And it, it's the clarity. And that's only one eye. Yeah. Um, so I'm thrilled with it. Well, and you said that you hadn't really realised that blue tits were really that blue. No, I didn't. <laughs> it's just a blur of a bird. And you say so you don't realise what decline you've got it's gone through. Because obviously I did used to be able to, to see. It's not like I was blind and suddenly, um, you know, yeah. I've got vision. Um, but it is funny. Like I can sit on the sofa and I can read the TV guides <laughs> without having to go right up to the TV. <laughs> so the next one is on April the 20th. And is your husband in the country for that one? Uh, I hope so. I, I hope so. I'm happy to take Although, you. bless him. So he was in the States for a week. Which and, is why I had to which take Which is you. why you had to take me because um, I did pre have a previous appointment where they cancelled the night before because the surgeon was sick. So I had to wait another four weeks. So he was in the States on business, came back on the Sunday morning, arrived in the country, but then had to, I thought, had to go be in the office on Monday because he's got big work meetings all week. Anyway, he cleared his diary for Monday and surprised me by coming back on Sunday, so, oh. which was very nice. Did he bring you any presents nice. from America? He didn't. Well, him coming back was present enough. enough. Oh, <laughs> oh. For, but following on from last week, what a fantastic reaction we've had. To what? To Toto. Oh, to Mum. Yeah, no, she's blessed. 
she we've had some really lovely feedback um from her being on the episode and actually from Stephen and his cocktails people are very much looking forward to him coming back i'm a little bit worried that our relatives are taking over are taking over they'll be doing their own podcast next well let them yeah let them Stephen will do one voyage around my toaster <laughs> yes <laughs> around my cocktail yeah but i gather rumor has it that your mother is not the only one from your family who had theatrical aspirations really did you not appear in a tv commercial Uh, yes i did many with my brother many moons ago um (laughs) tell us all about it charlotte (laughs) how the hell have you where did you drag this up from? Somebody just mentioned it to me. Who's that somebody? I'm not saying. I will get it out of you. <laughs> um, many, well, years and years ago, they were, Kellogg's were coming down to film a cornflake commercial. And um, they were staying down in Lowell's village. And some friends of ours who um, owned the local hotel at the time, they were talking in the bar. And they desperately wanted a blonde haired little boy now if you've met my brother he's very very he's blonde. still very blonde and as a little boy he was white blonde hair and of course i was not going to be left out and wanted to meet the television people so came along and they roped me in as well because it was like more than area um and so matthew and myself were in a and i think actually the welds i think sophie might have been in it as well we were in a kellogg's cornflake advertisement <laughs> what did you have to do eat cornflake <laughs> and uh, my mother wouldn't really let us have an awful lot of sugar on, and I can remember them. It was a tiny amount of milk, and of course, living on a dairy farm, that was we were never short of milk. But it was this tiniest amount of milk in the bowl with masses and masses of sugar on, and I can remember actually thinking this was actually not very nice. You know, but as a child, you should think that actually it was loads and loads of sugar. And we just sat, um, and there was a big, older, he was quite large and hairy, and he was sort of telling jokes to make us all laugh. Um, but Jan Francis was in it. Really? <laughs> and I think we got paid £25 each. Wow. Mm. But that didn't lead you to... No, 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 no. And I have tried on YouTube and I have tried to kind of look for it, but never found it. Um, but we did go through a stage of watching an awful lot of ITV to try and see the commercial. <laughs> but I think it was sort of before the stage of, of people having um, video recorders or anything like right, that. Right, Okay. So, uh, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Who would I have told you that? Well, and I also gather that you may have had a request read out on Junior Choice with Ed Stewpot. Is that right? That is correct. But that's only because Lara's sister, Bean, his brother was um, her godfather. So he had asked. (laughs) Yes, so it was quite, yeah, it was a very long. (laughs) So you uh, yeah. didn't just write in and no, manage no, to get no, on, no. on air. No, no. Oh, that was, but somebody I know was quite jealous about that. <laughs> yes, my husband. <laughs> you know, he didn't have his birthday read out. <laughs> so he had FOMO. <laughs> even at age. Even at that age. Yes. <laughs> did you know I used to do Amdram? Uh, yes, I think I did. Yeah, so I used, to, I used to do a lot in London when I first moved to London, when I didn't know anybody, and I thought it would be a good good way to get to know people. And was it a good way to get oh, to know people? Oh, it was brilliant, people? and I was just very, very fortunate. I joined a group called Chelsea Players, um, which were in World's End in London, that are very, very good amateur mm. company, and will tackle some... I mean, they did... We did Shakespeare, I was in Harvey, Antigone... 
Bent by Martin Sherman, amazing play. Henry V, Part One, Merchant of Venice. Um, and are you in touch with any of them still? No, I mean it was such a long time ago. Yeah. And then, oh, oh, and the then the other one I was in was um, Train Spotting, oh. the stage play of Train Spotting, which was extraordinary and I did the worst Scottish accent you can possibly possibly imagine <laughs> I was so miscast um I played Mother Superior the drug dealer um and on stage it's it's the scene where the baby dies it's horrible 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 scene and they brought in a um an ex-drug addict to come and help us with our shooting up skills <laughs> everything because I had to sort of shoot up on on stage as did other people and when we did the dress rehearsal, we had to use stage makeup to have tram lines in your in yeah. your arms, so like you're a heavy user. And and obviously I'm working full time yeah. as well. So anyway, I I was I was MD of a of a licensing company in the UK at the time, and we had a sales meeting on the Monday, and, and you, the dress rehearsal had been on the Sunday. You got, the got into the into the room, and it was quite warm. And I undid my cuffs and rolled my sleeves up, and I still had. These tram, you know what stage makeup is? Yeah. Like, really hard to get off. I just had these tram lines down my arms, and everyone's like, <gasps> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it's makeup, it's, it's makeup. makeup. <laughs> and that actually was the last thing I, I did. And then the trouble is, my with my career, it started sort of taking off, and then I was traveling a lot, and I could never be guaranteed mm. to be around and available for um for rehearsals and performances and everything so i i stopped doing it but um but i did enjoy it at the time oh wow so it, was, it was great well, i'm fun. sure you could join bear regis andram i don't even know if bear regis have what maybe we'll have to have to look into it so um now tv wise have you been watching stanley Tucci's uh searching for italy uh vaguely no richard seen one and um yes so it's no. on it's on BBC Two on a Sunday evening. It's lovely. It's a travelogue around uh, around Italy and how uh, food is inspired by the different place and everything. So he's got he's uh, the episodes I've seen that are broadcast so far. He's been in Naples and also in Rome. He is and it's it's Stanley Tucci who we talked about mm. last year. He had a book coming out called Taste, which is amazing. And he's the Hollywood actor who also is an accomplished cook. And I think as we talked about before, he's very big on Instagram. And it's fabulous. And at the time when we mentioned it before, uh, someone who listens to us from the US actually uh, got in contact, uh, Andrea, and said, "Oh, you must watch his TV show. He did this." journey around Italy so I looked it up and it was done by CNN and it wasn't available over over here but now the BBC have bought it brilliant it's being broadcast on a Sunday night he's a he's a very engaging presenter very engaging very attractive yes and he's a ta oh he, he I have to say he kind of is quite sexy I mm. do find him quite attractive as you know I'm mm. quite easily pleased though so, um but he is Brilliant. And he's obviously a very knowledgeable and very accomplished cook himself. But there are some wonderful recipes that they, they talk about. And he had, um, and actually in the, in the book, in taste, the book, he does mention this recipe, which is basically courgettes with pasta, which he just raves about. But he goes to the restaurant where he originally had it in Rome, in Naples, sorry. And, uh, and they show him properly how they make it. Um, and basically you deep fry the courgettes mm. and then you put them in the fridge overnight and you let them 
kind of they turn to mush, but with extra flavor because they've been deep fried and, and a couple of other things. And you mix it with pasta. It looks delicious. Absolutely delicious. So, so that's worth looking out for. So it's two episodes in. I think there's six in the series. Um, and I'm sure it's on iPlayer as yeah. well. So it's yeah. worth looking Catch out up. for that. Now you can talk about March. I've been given permission to talk now. <laughs> Maybe we'll name this the Steve Show. <laughs> he's the one that's done all the all the homework. He's looking hurt and offended. I just wanted to say we're well into March now. We are. And um, but spring hasn't quite sprung yet, but it is getting there. I'm a little worried about our magnolia. Why? Because now that I can see that the buds are really coming out, and this happened last year, and it went into full bloom. It was absolutely beautiful, and then there was a frost. Yeah. Well, this time last year, I was actually picking my tulips and they're not ready yet. Probably oh, another two weeks. So we are later. Hopefully. We are later. And uh, also last year we had snow at the end of March. Gosh. So we're not out. We're not out of it yet. I just hope we don't get any heavy frost. Oh, we it, was, <clears throat> it was so sad last we year. Will. The magnolia was magnificent and then it just died yeah. overnight. Well, last April, because we were lambing, we started at the beginning of like the 4th of April. This year we're a bit later, 15th. Uh, Easter weekend, everybody. So you can hear lots of lamb spam that we'll, we'll be, I'll be chatting about. And um, we had probably, I think there was like 11 or 12 frosts, maybe more, if through Gosh. April. It was really cold. Gosh. Um, and then we were caught out with a very cold snap in the middle of May. So you've got to be careful. So if you are hardening off your sweet peas, just keep an eye on the weather and if frost or a very, very cold spell, just chuck fleece over them, that horticultural fleece over them at okay. night. So the other way of doing it is you just get them out of the greenhouse and put them back in at night. Yeah, and zip it up. Yeah, okay. okay. But you should be unzipping your greenhouse every day. Right, okay. I have to be honest, I have mm. Have you checked to see if they need water? Because they could have all dried up and died. No, they haven't died. I have okay. checked that they need um, And don't pinch your autumn sown sweet peas. Right. Because they've you. got a long yes. enough time to you did branch. tell me that. Yes. yes. So, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just forgot what we were going to talk about. <laughs> Having only just spoken about yeah. it two minutes ago. The tumbleweed moment yeah. between my ears. I'm like, oh my god, call the headlights. Yeah. Um, now, what is this week's cookbook? So this cookbook, week's cookbook of the week is Marcus's Kitchen. Okay, from Marcus Waring. And and oh, can I ask a question? Is it anything to do with the current TV series? No, not directly. Okay. But but um, it does. He does talk about his. I think it's called Melford House. In uh, which is in Sussex, his uh, small new holding. small holding. Now, before we talk about the book, let's just talk about it because you asked me, you asked if I'd seen it, yeah. Um, and so I have watched a couple of episodes. So, how are you getting on? Um, so, which it? episodes have you seen? Because we might have one and two. Um, I've started, for, I've started from the beginning. Pigs or ducks? Pigs. Pigs. Okay, and you didn't you you didn't like it, did you? Um. I didn't, I, no, I didn't like the first episode very much. I tell you, and I've been trying to think why I didn't like this very much. Um, I may have missed something entirely when I was watching it, but I just didn't think it was very clear in the first episode that he'd bought an existing small holding 
and hadn't done all the work that was there to get it going. And that there was a guy who works with him, which became very apparent in the second episode called Anatoly, I think, who had been on the small holding for 20 years. He may well have said it in the first one, but I completely missed it. Um, but so why is that? Important? I just, because I just, I felt it was all a bit, hang on a minute, you just suddenly bought this, you're making out you don't know anything, and you're in this. This beautiful vegetable yeah, but does garden. That, but does that matter? Well, it I did, just it did to me. Well, I just went with the flow and thought well, it's a nice vegetable. Garden. Well, and I also thought it was. It's on. It's an. It's on an interesting time. So it's on at six thirty on BBC Two daily, and it is that transition from daytime TV to evening TV, and it feels like it. And I I don't know how to explain it other than. It feels more of a daytime TV series. It's, I, a, little, it's a little bit surface. Mm. I got a little frustrated with these that they that all the all the neighbours that he suddenly met in five minutes, um, who are all coming to help. Um, but also that they 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 do this swap day, and it was also you know in, in I, lovely country baskets I and everything. Think and I'm like, you I'm, are overthinking it. Okay, and of course it's contrived because it's a television well, series. Well, yes, I know. I know. And it's a bit of escapism. And I think you are, as Isabel would say, it's not that deep. Just take it for <laughs> what it is. You know, you're overthinking it. But it was it was like, you know, when he went to, to look at the pigs and everything. So we had someone to come around to have a look at the pigs. And he said, oh, well, you need to clear all the rhododendrons and everything. So Marcus Waring is there with a bit of a machete trying to do a little bit. And the next thing, you know, the pigs are there. Yeah, well, of course and it's because it's, like, well, it's TV. What, yeah, but what work had to go into preparing oh. for that? Clearing I, all the rhododendrons, they told you. Well, yeah, but then you don't see the work that goes into it. That's, yeah, that's boring. Oh, I suppose. Chopping it. Uh, yeah, you did. You saw them chopping down a rhododendron bush. <laughs> one branch of one. Yeah. So why would that make interesting viewing for a whole day? I, ju <laughs> Probably I just three. would like to understand some of the implications and the time some things take. I'll give you. I'll just give you an ex other example from the first episode. This was just the first one. So... He he had these. He's got this orchard and all these apples, and he was collecting all these apples, and and decided that with some of the apples that they were going to make some apple juice. So they had this quite a lot, not not an industrial size, you know, it was a tabletop kilner apple press, same there. size as mine. Okay, so they they made some apple juice. He had the lovely idea of putting some lavender heads in it as as well, and then they squeeze it, and you get like you know a small Pyrex jug full of apple juice. Well. Okay, but how many apples did that use? And actually, once you've made the apple juice, how long does it keep? What are you going to do with it? Do you freeze it? What well, it was just yeah, but it doesn't matter. It does. If you're saying I've got a lot of apples, yeah, yeah, yeah. My... Well, ask me. Of course, you can freeze <laughs> the apple juice or Google it. It's not an educational program. It's a bit of light-hearted <laughs> viewing after you've watched the goddamn <laughs> awful news. They did get a bit serious. <laughs> yeah, and you want a bloody lecture. <laughs> you want a lecture. Um, uh, is it because you're new to country way? Yeah. <laughs> and you've got so many questions. Just, as Izzy says again, <laughs> it's not that deep. And, and I warmed up to it on the second episode. But who has a big open air kitchen with a full oven because it's television. <laughs> Jane Oliver does. Because it's television. 
It's television. Well, and they were probably filming, they were filming during COVID. So if you look, everybody's very distant. No, they are, they are. And he probably outside. wasn't allowed them in the house. And they're on wheels and they just wheel it back in again. Well, I just I love thought, open air kitchen. I did, I mean, I'm not saying it's, I don't like it. I thought it was lovely, but how many people have that? But it also, it did make me laugh that, okay, you can have this virtually full-size open-air kitchen outside with all the right equipment, but then you can't give them a table and chairs to sit on when you're outside. <laughs> anyway. Because that would have encouraged them to sit closely and it would have looked even odder with a big table with the, you know, three spaces between each person. God, you really have overthought this. No, yeah. My God. And I, oh, you just need to get out a bit more. <laughs> but you enjoyed it, though. Well, I didn't realise it was so bloody deep. Jeez. I just thought it was a bit of light entertainment, nice pitch, pretty pictures, talking about rare breeds and that he was going to eat them. Well, that is one thing. And I will be fair, by the second episode, I did feel like I got to grips with it a little bit more. Um, what was, I thought, what was quite interesting is... <laughs> was all the different he was visiting some different gardens in this amazing that sort of circular wall garden um kitchen garden uh at the restaurant that he started his career in i can't remember what it was called uh where they made the salad with the egg yolks and everything confit egg yolk which looked delicious um which was in the second episode but what was quite interesting is is both the gardeners that he's interviewed and met with so far were saying why grow stuff that you can easily buy and is really accessible you know look at sort of rarer have you not um, heard me say that well yes i know i know i know you know it's like why buy why grow the orange flesh pumpkin that you can buy everywhere because it's tasteless why not grow the beautiful variety which is called crown prince which has a silvery blue skin and the flesh is dark dark orange and it's it's almost too dense to eat. I mean, just it, delicious, you know, but that's not. Well, we were talking about the potatoes, you know, what they're 450 varieties yeah. of potatoes, but only 80 are commercially viable. But some of those lovely purple ones or the Apache one, which is splodgy, or the, is it Anya? Yes. Uh, which is a knobbly one. I yeah. mean, the flavour is just no comparison. So... You should have your own TV show at 6.30 on the BBC. Oh, well, no, not if it gets critiqued that much because it's that little I'm so sorry. Um, a question. Yeah. Are you going to continue to watch it? Yes. <laughs> you see, you, don't, you haven't got a television on in the kitchen. No. We have a very a large sort of open plan with our kind of sitting room at the end of the kitchen, so Richard will have it on while I'm cooking supper. So I'm not fully... So invested yeah that's, so i'm dipping in and dipping out that's probably the problem as i sat down and watched what? it <laughs> <laughs> oh dear i do apologize so and i'm sorry to marcus wearing you are a very good presenter well and of Did course all like our love american listeners which the following is growing won't have a clue what you're talking about well, they'll know who Marcus Wearing is. Yes, I know, but they won't get access to the TV series, will no, they? No, that's true. That's true. So let's talk about his new book then, or his recent book, Marcus's Kitchen. First book of Mar Marcus Wearing I've actually bought. Why? I mentioned a few weeks ago a website called Great British Chefs, yes. which I recommended that people have a look at. Well, I found on 
Facebook that they have a group called Great British Chefs Cookbook Club. And every month... That's a mouthful. Yes, they recommend a cookbook. And you are only allowed to post for that month pictures and chat about that book. And it's quite strict. So you're not allowed to sort of suddenly throw in a Mary Berry recipe or something like that you've done. It's specifically about the book. So you've got quite a few people with the same cookbook. Yes. Trying different recipes and posting about it on Facebook. Yes. That's weird. Why have you not mentioned this before? Because I only discovered it fairly recently. That's fascinating. Um, And what's the name of the Facebook group? It's called the Great British Chefs Cookbook Club. Um, and then they can anyone join? Uh, yeah, you've got a request to join. Oh, okay. Um, but yes, it's one of those sort of closed groups, but you've got a request. And then they them, ask and you, and do you know how many members this group's got? Uh, no, I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but the, they make a few recipes available for free on the website. So you can go on their website. So you don't have to buy the book. Okay. Um, but I was looking through and I was like, it's really interesting. So I thought I, and it was Marcus Waring yeah. in February. Because you like a, a chef with a cookbook, don't you? Yeah. And this is what is interesting about Marcus Waring. I mean, this is supposed to be his, it's called My Favourite Recipes to Inspire Your Home Cooking. And it is. And it's lovely. It's it's a really lovely book. It's broken down into different sections, like type for time. So, you know, if you need to do a quick supper, Market Garden, which does talk a lot about his his small holding. Specialist vegetables. Yeah. Simply essentials, weekend wonders, baking, worth the wait, which are obviously recipes that take a lot longer, something special. And then um, kitchen foundations, which actually is a really interesting chapter about um, different sauces and ketchups and things like that, that you could, you can look at. What it's not, he's not a cook. He is a chef. Yeah. And it absolutely comes through in the recipes. Anything which, for example, um, they have a, I love mushrooms, and there's a mushroom on toast recipe in the type of time section. Well, any mushrooms on toast that suddenly starts using bone marrow. Okay. Is okay. Not not an ingredient you have in the fridge. It's not just your basic. your basic home, home and would you actually bother to go and buy bone marrow to do mushrooms on toast well i actually do have some bone marrow in the freezer mm, so um, do i, cause I absolutely a, a love bone marrow um absolutely love it i know it's terribly fattening but i adore it um you know there's a there's a grilled tuna with a ponzu and truffle dressing i actually don't even know what ponzu is um if you are a a competent cook, I think you'll get quite a lot out of this. Foodie. There are some, there are some really, really fabulous recipes. Um, there's an interesting cho- a chocolate mousse that doesn't use sugar; it uses honey in- instead of sugar, which looks really interesting. How much honey though? Because honey is a very expensive oh, ingredient. Uh, for, 40, for 40 grams. Oh, not too bad though. No, 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 no. And there's a. And bearing in mind that I've still got some of your lovely hoggart in the in the freezer, sorry. Uh, there's a really lovely recipe uh, for rosemary and malt glazed lamb belly, um, but it uses a malt syrup. I didn't never heard of a malt no. a malt syrup. No. So there's a lot of it, it, you can tell it's a chef. Yeah. 
creating a book which is more for the home cook. Yeah. But it's still using... A list of ingredients. A list of ingredients that not necessarily... You're not going to come across in Mary Berry or Nigella or... Mentioning the hoggett, I made shepherd's pie this week with it. And? Delicious. Okay. I mean, I did slow cook it um, the day before because there was a lot of of fat in the, the meat. So I let the, you know, so the birds enjoyed that. But no, it was just, it was really nice. It had a really good flavor. But I tell you what's quite interesting, though, about watching what people are doing from the book on the website. The recipe that people seem to be particularly engaged with, and there are a lot of people doing it with a sausage and chorizo casserole, which actually looks really, really lovely. Um, and I actually showed it to Stephen and said, look, I think we should try this. So we're going to be doing we're going to be doing this one because that. Looks and what's lovely. the list of the ingredients quickly? So that's um, sausages, cooking chorizo, leek, carrot, garlic, um, herbs, poignant. Poi lentils. Poi lentils, thank you. Um, paprika, sherry vinegar, wine vinegar, chicken stock, passata, you know, that would be butter good. beans. Um, Actually, so, pretty much I have most of that in the cupboard. Yes, I, I think you know, virtually but all of that I actually have. So. I guess, again, he says cooking chorizo. Yes. Whereas any other recipe would just say chorizo. chorizo. Obviously not one you're going to put on your pizza. Yeah. Um, I, I'm impressed with, well, you can see. There's quite yes, a lot of quite a few marks. Quite a lot of marking up. Um, you know, the, oh, in the in the dessert section, there's a la- there's a really lovely looking recipe for lemon meringue shortbread, but it uses agar agar flakes. Oh, okay. As opposed to gelatin um, and scotched quail eggs. God, you made those scotch eggs one time, which were I did. Delicious. Yes, yes, I need to do those ah. again. Um, and we actually at Chef School, one of the canapes we did at Chef School. Chef School. Chef School. Was quail's eggs. Did you get Chef School? Was quail's eggs with black pudding. Scotch okay, eggs. Okay, I'm not a fan of oh, black they pudding. Were, they were absolutely delicious. They were delicious. So I would... Ooh, and he's got an arga. There's one in the background. It's a great book if you are confident. If you want to, yeah, you know, it's for the foodie, isn't it? That it wants is. to challenge that's yourself. Abso- that's a really good way of putting it. Yes, but I'm thoroughly enjoying reading it. There's there's several things we're going to be doing from there. Yeah, I mean, um, cumin and saffron braised lamb. Yeah, uh, one whole shoulder of lamb on the bay. Got that in the freezer. Exactly. So that's Marcus's kitchen. Marcus wearing Marcus's kitchen, and it's published by Harper Collins. Now, this is crazy because I think you've chosen a seasoned ingredient this week that is bizarre, but I'm not sure I've ever cooked with, which is ridiculous. A radicchio or endive or chicory, or I think the Americans call it escarole. I don't know if I pronounced that. Okay. Um, basically, it is. Uh, radicchio is the red version, and you might see it in uh, restaurants or in the supermarket or specialist grocers. And it's red and white, very striking. And it's kind of a bullet shape, quite tightly packed leaves. And slightly bitter, isn't it? It's a bitter leaf. Yeah. Um, and you often hear, or especially I've heard it a couple of times on the Great British menu, menu. Um, bitter leaves with a side dish of bitter leaves. And it's often used to accompany a very rich dish. Right. But you can also, the, the white or pale, pale green version, um, you can cook very simply, and I cut it in half. Um, and then if you cut out, like do a V, the stalk of it, which apparently is the most bitter, and then you just fry it in butter. Ooh. 
Um, it goes slightly nutty. Ooh, nice. um, a bit like when you cook baby gem. Yeah, 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 yeah. So quite a different, an alternative when you get fed up of the vegetables if you are trying to eat seasonally. And that's quite a nice one to spice up the, God, can you face cabbage again? Can you face, you know, purple sprouting? Because that's all there seems to be. It's a bit of an in-between time. Um, it is in season from December pretty much till March. And um, another quite common way of using it is you'll see radicchio, blood orange, stilton and a walnut salad. It's like a winter salad. Okay. Yeah. Um, but just because you've got the orange of obviously the blood oranges and the red and the white, very striking. Very vibrant. Very vibrant. Well worth trying, um, but it, it is bitter. Um, and you, there was a, a recipe. In- Actually, there is a recipe in Marcus Waring's book that we were talking about earlier. So, which is peach radicho and smoked almond salad, uh, which really looks quite lovely. So, again, along the lines of the blood orange and Stilton and walnuts, yeah. you've just changed the ingredients. Um, and I actually, I had a look in this brilliant A to Z River Cottage, uh, which actually we dip into quite a lot yes, as a we reference. Do. We do. Um, and he said, you know, roasted chicory, which is the English name for radicchio, with honey, mustard and thyme. Grilled cheese salad with uh, John Dory fish with a creamed, would be interesting, radicchio. And endive with chicken livers and bacon. So you've got the richness of the livers and the saltiness and the bitter, which I think would be delicious. Lovely. Yeah. So it's well, it's not a very well-known vegetable. Is it quite... It, I mean, obviously, we, we, you, you just mentioned the baby gem, which is a very soft yeah. lettuce and everything. It, it's not the same. It's a much, it's a much sturdier. Um, You're not as soft. Um, and when you cut, if you cut it in half and you cut out the V, which is the bitter stem, the, 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 you've yeah. just got to be quite careful that you don't cut too much, that it will then collapse oh, yeah. in the pan. Yeah. But whenever you're preparing it, even if you're having it raw, do cut out that V because that the stalk, that's where the... the Bitterness is. Okay. Am I making this up or just going mad? But camp coffee was wasn't chicory, that chicory roots. essence. Roots. Or essence. That, oh, right. Okay. But apparently it's similar, I think it's not similar to dandelion roots because you can make coffee out of powdered dried dandelion. Really? Well, it's like every day is an education with I you. know, they say it? every day is a school day. <laughs> well, plants are fascinating, aren't they? And they've got so many more uses and yeah. meanings and difference. Medical, you know, like witch hazel, you. Went on, but no, it's worth looking out for radicchio because it's very pretty. Um, and it's not a, not commonly available. Um, but if you've got a say a rich, very rich venison stew to have um, a, a salad on the side would be lovely. That's to a great idea. That's a great idea, you know, especially if you've got it with well, you've had peaches yeah. probably now, but then the peaches are going to be the trouble is the peaches are out of season. You've got two, and I have a problem with ingredients that are different seasons, so peaches are very much high summer and radicchio is a winter dish right okay whereas that's why i quite like the blood oranges which are you know or the navel oranges which are in season around christmas stilton and walnut it's making use those ingredients all go together yeah and with them at the same time of year and to have that with a lovely venison stew because i know you've got a a large amount of venison i do have i do have some venison have i still got your no, I've got that back. You got that back. Right? Yes, okay. don't worry. Don't I had worry. a part of his part you of were storing it for me until I got my chest freezer. And I was then worried that I might have cooked yes. it and forgotten <laughs> or uh, eaten it. A couple of things just to say, by the way, that you just mentioned it. So I did get Stephen a witch hazel plant for oh, Valentine's you did, Day. You? I did. Aww. I did. So I think he's planted it so well. Ah, so yes. So I it's did. quite slow growing. 
But was it in flower? So was it flower? Little, little, tiny, tiny, little, tiny little flowers. It's not huge. It's only yeah. what, they're not three cheap. Times. Well, that's a really nice thing to do. Yes. Although he said, when well, I was expecting it, you did say on the podcast. I said, oh. well, yeah, yeah, but I didn't think you'd, you know. No, you'd listen. You'd listen and take it too seriously. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it was. So <laughs> but it is lovely. They're sort of really vibrant red. The flowers are really vibrant red. Now, the other thing that we need to talk about, and I'm sorry, this is nothing to do with the seasoning ingredient, but I have just become obsessed with this. Uh, when we interviewed Toto uh, for the podcast, Charlotte very, very kindly made lunch. Which is just, I threw it together on the Sunday because I knew Steve was going to be rushing off because he had work in the afternoon. And once we all get chatting, time goes fast forward. So I wanted something very quick and easy um, that I could just throw at my guests. So I am served this quite outstanding soup it is unbelievably delicious and i just said to charlotte look i don't care we're just going to have to mention this because you've been it obsessing is, about it, it is you? delicious so it's um it was in waitrose magazine back in december 19 and you can find it on their website on waitrose.com and it's called iranian style green lentil chicken and herb soup and I cannot tell you how unbelievably delicious it is. The base of it is chickpeas, kidney beans, green lentils. The only herb you use is turmeric. And there spice. are some, um, um, sorry, the only spice you use is turmeric. And then there's an onion, garlic cloves, uh, chicken stock, basmati rice. And then you add spinach, dill, coriander, flat leaf parsley, but a lot of the herbs, more than you think you would do. And chicken. I You used chicken breast, I think. I, breast strips, because I had them. Yeah, I've made it with chicken thighs. And then you top it with um, Greek yogurt when you serve it. And then over that, you sprinkle dried, um, fried onions. And top tip, you can buy them in bags from your Chinese supermarket. Yes, and I couldn't get to the Chinese supermarket. They did have them in the supermarket I was in. Oh, and did I they? bought those. Yes. In a tub? Or? In a tub. In a tub. I think probably much better value if you buy them. Mm. And of course you can make your own And the um, recipe doesn't fried. do that, but yes. I never bother. I cannot tell you. I know I'm taking the mickey out of Charlotte all the time on making soup. This was more than a soup. It was it was really a meal. It felt like a proper meal. It's not really watery. It is unbelievably tasty and delicious. I was blown away. Rushed home, got the ingredients. I've made it. I I was making it for myself because Stephen was away. He came back. He had it. Um, so it didn't last me quite as long as I thought it would because um, he loved it as well. And then he took some back to London with him to have for supper. Deli un I can't recommend it enough but it's even though there's quite a long list of ingredients and it is a bit of a stages it's actually so simple because oh, so there simple. aren't that many ingredients it's so simple and so unbelievably tasty i was I, it is absolute go-to now fabulous recipe well it's because it you can make it ahead of time so that's always a plus and then you just wilt the spinach last minute so it remains, keeps vibrant. Um, but I think because of the yogurt and the uh, fried onions, I think it elevates the dish and the herbs. It makes it seem a bit more of an occasion. Yes. Because you can sort of dollop it on at the table. and you know. Yeah. But the recipe does say do not skimp on the herbs, and they're absolutely right. The herbs are what really, really brings it to And you life. can use any combination of, of green herb. Of course. Um, 
because I mean I always try and do the, the dill and the coriander, but even if you've got a load of fresh mint, that's nice yeah. as well. Yeah. But please look out for it. Stunning dish. Thank you very much, Charlotte. You're welcome. Right, well I better go and sit down and relax and try and chill. <laughs> try and chill. And I do apologize for getting quite so <laughs> exercised about it. A deep. TV bro. <laughs> Poor Marcus. I know. Hello, but it's not that deep. <laughs> now, we've all got to rush off. You've got work. I got do. Work. I know. I know. And it's still going well. I'm loving it. I'm Good. absolutely Good. loving it. Good. Um, Are you it, missing the interaction with, you know, not working in an office? Because. Look, let's be honest. It's been so long. Yeah, um, I can't remember. It doesn't really matter. Uh, what I am unbelievably excited about though is from tomorrow tomorrow charlotte oh, we should oh, have oh, wi-fi we should oh, no, have broadband yes. uh, uh, fiber whatever yes we should have high-speed broadband um so the wiring has gone in uh for our new rural uh internet because i can't tell you how bad it i feel really sorry for Stephen because obviously when i wasn't working i wasn't on calls a lot of the time mm. and so he he was fine soon as i've gone back to work and i'm on video calls and everything it's competing just horrendous horrendous so as of tomorrow we're supposed to go live with wessex internet who have been amazing they came yesterday and did all the cabling and they've done an amazing job. You said it was a really cool machine that kind of burrowed yeah, under the grass. Of dug, it turned the grass and put the grass back. And as it lifted the grass, it would push the cable underneath. Incredible. And they came right from the back of the garden down and then across the driveway. I know, you can't... You and you can't tell on here. the driveway. No, um, no. So they were, they were brilliant. So hopefully that's going to be tomorrow. Um, and then that will make... God, it would make things like editing and everything so much easier. So... Uh, so hopefully next week we'll be um, recording with the new broadband, which would be Ooh. lovely. Not that you, you listeners will know any different, but we will. No, that's true. <laughs> yes. The waiting for it to upload the sections. Yes. So in fact, then, that was quite a boring story for you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sorry, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> so we will um, speak to you again next week. In the meantime, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at VoyagerAmiArga, and you can email us at VoyagerAmiArga at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening and for me ranting. Uh, oh, oh, Charlotte I, has something else to say. I tried the egg for 45 minutes and it comes out boiled. Soft boiled or hard boiled? Hard boiled. So 45 minutes too long. Too long. Okay. Too long. So, but quite nice. Mushed up on a piece of toasted marmite. Yeah. Oh, so, mushed yeah. up with toasted marmite. Oh, yeah. that's a nice idea. Yeah. I don't think I've done that either. Oh, God. Good anyway, Lord. you just <laughs> haven't lived. I have haven't. You? We'll speak to you again next week. Until then, bye. Bye.